This is Chris Martin, and me and my buddy Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Everything, host an NBA podcast called The Mismatch. They call it The Mismatch because I'm awesome and Kevin is a gigantic nerd. No, no, that's not why at all, Chris. They call it The Mismatch because I have a brain and you're a loudmouth bozo. Good grief. (laughs) Anyway, listen to our amazing NBA podcast, The Mismatch. Or don't. We really don't care. We're probably going to win a million awards either way. <laughs> Chris, we do care. So don't say that. Please subscribe and listen to The Mismatch only on Spotify. Did you really call me a bozo? <laughs> it's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available, and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler and visit rg-help.com. Alrighty, let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It's Ringer Gambling. The East Coast Bias Boys are back. Game three of the NBA Finals. All knotted up in a game apiece. Raheem Palmer's in the house. House, no pun intended, is in the house. Fellas, you guys predicted a Warrior win in game one. It feels like the game script that you guys were thinking about, it happened, but it happened basically a couple of days later in game number two. You beat me to my punchline, JJ. That's exactly right. That game two played out exactly how we imagined um, game one was going to go down. The one thing about game two that I think was a little bit different from game one was the pace and how physical Golden State showed up um, in in game two. That had the effect of driving hard towards an under. The over was really never threatened, I didn't think. You know, they finished the first half at 52 to 50, so around uh, 102 on a 215 and a half total, 215 total. So that thing was playing at that kind of pace. And now I'm left flat-footed. I just confess right up front as we get going here into this game three analysis, because the game's basically flip-flopped, I don't know how to think about game three. So I'm very happy to have both of you along for the ride here so I can hear some thoughts and try and make a decision about what to do. You know, Raheem, pretty crazy, by the way, that game one, Boston getting up and down the court ended up being the difference for them. Isn't it weird talking about Golden State as a team that's looking to slow down pace? Like, me hearing that and, like, trying to process that, it kind of throws me for a loop because they were always the ultimate get-out-and-run, transition, Curry, Thompson, bang threes, galore. Now Golden State's like, yeah, I want to slow it down a little bit. Yeah, I mean, this is not the same Golden State team that we've seen from 2015 and 2016. They are an older team. But, I mean, when you look at this game, game two, came down to two things. It came down to turnovers. The Boston Celtics, they had 19 turnovers in this game. And look, when you're when you're turning the ball over that much, 
you're going to struggle. When you look at the Celtics throughout the postseason, they're 13-2 and when they have less than 15 turnovers. They're 0-5 when they have 16 or more turnovers. And look, the Warriors scored 33 points off of turnovers, second most in 25 years in NBA Finals history. Tatum's had four turnovers. So if they protect the ball a little bit better, I think they'll be fine in game number three. And JJ, to, to your pace point, no, I just wanted to, to quickly follow up. I still think that Golden State is best when it's in transition. They get, I, I, I'd be really interested. We'll have to look at this as we uh, game four comes in and we have some more data from, from game three. I, I want Raheem's take on this. Out of the half court set, it doesn't feel like they have, they're, they're firing on all engines. I really feel like they're, they're most efficient offensively when they're out in transition, when they're out running and, and, to the point that he made, they had so many Boston turnovers, so many opportunities to just get out and run. They literally ran Boston off the court. And Boston was stuck perpetually trying to do something out of the half court and just wasn't able to do so. Oh, yeah. I mean, I totally agree with that. I mean, look, in the half court, Golden State, they score 109 points per one of possessions, which is, is solid. But, I mean, like, in transition, they got in transition, tw- like, like, I say, like, they were in the 99th percentile in transition frequency, according to Cleeton the Glass. So it's just like when you're scoring that much on transition and the Celtics are just beating themselves, it's hard for the other team to keep up. And obviously that has an impact on the Celtics offense because the Celtics, they just scored just 77 points per one of possessions in transition. So I think that was the that was the key to the game. And then obviously Golden State was allowed to play physical. We saw, you know, Steve Javi come out and say that when a player of a certain caliber has one technical, they officiate them differently. And it felt like that the entire game. So the Celtics, they really struggled to score inside. I mean, look, when you look at their shooting for game two, they continue to hit the three, but <laughs> they were just, what were they, um, on twos? They were just 15 of 30. No, they were 15 of 43. That's 34% on two-point field goals. So... I just think the Warriors will allow to rough them up a little bit more. It's now straight dead even. It's a Harvey Dent two-face. 115 for the Warriors, 105 with the Celtics. I'm not getting more on the Celtics. I'm already invested for the series. I already have a juicier price than getting even money. Are you fellas seeing any value still with Golden State after game two at minus 115? I'm not, and I, I'm not inclined. I, I have the benefit of that ticket from back in February where I've gone state at four to one to win. So I'm just going to sit tight in my position uh, on that. I, I do think, you know, um, the point Raheem made before game two was that that was the opportunity to, to jump in. I'll ask Raheem this. If Boston wins this game three, what do you think the price will move to for Golden State? I think it'll be. What was it before? Um, I think it was 140, like minus 140. Maybe? Yeah, I think it was plus 140. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a little bit higher than that. It probably won't be too – I mean, obviously the Celtics will be favored again in games four. So you got to make it a little bit higher than what it was. So I, I'd say minus 170, minus 180 range. Plus 170 or plus 180 for Golden State as an underdog in the series. No, I was I, – I, I, yeah, I – I think that's still a little bit high. Oh, you're saying the price of, of what Boston will be as a yeah. favorite. Okay, yeah. now I understand. Because I I, th- I just think you you still you still got a lot of the public on the Warriors. So 
I think plus 170 is a little, even, even with the Celtics being favorite in game four, because I think you know, the public continues to back the Warriors in every, every one of these games. So, Well, fellas, on that note, let's get to game three of the NBA Finals. The Celtics back at home, installed as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. We got a total in this game at 212-and-a-half. And to Raheem's point, I still think when push comes to shove, you are going to have betters lining up to take the Golden State Warriors. That has been the trend. That has been the theme. But for the first time, fellas, in this series, it's not overwhelming one-sided from a money standpoint and from a public ticket standpoint. This game's got a little bit more split action to it, which I like. I prefer those type of games because it makes it more fun. When everybody's on the same side, it just forces me to go to contrarian angle. Now I kind of am sensing a little bit of a house divided. And in many ways, fellas, this game three can be a potential swing game in many ways in this series. But if you think about Boston, Boston, not great in these particular game threes. They're they're not great in these particular game threes. They lost one to Miami. What was it? A couple of weeks ago in the conference finals, the game Jimmy Butler got hurt. Boston tried coming back too little too late. But I got to say, Three and a half is basically right where I figured this number would be going into this game. I thought the books would finally give the Celtics an edge being back in their home court. Oh, yeah. I mean, I totally agree with that. When I look at my model, my model actually makes this game Celtics minus three and a half over under 211. So it is right on on line with what the market says for the side and the total. I would lean under in this game, but I think the Celtics really have an edge. House, what do you think? So the interesting thing to me, I saw this from um, uh, the Action Network. This is the single biggest spread in the history of Golden State under Steve Kerr. So this three and a half points in in a, in a playoffs or, wow, or a finals. The biggest, so this is the biggest final spread or playoffs? Spread? Playoffs, playoffs. They've never been Woo! a bigger underdog than this. And for, for, for my way of thinking about this, I basically come come back to something that's been the theme of these entire playoffs. Are we ever going to get a close game in these playoffs? We had one close game in the past three weeks. That was Boston, who was up by 12 with two and a half minutes left, letting Miami come all the way back. And that game, you know, slipped into kind of a close context. I mean, Jimmy Butler damn near won the thing with 16 seconds left. But otherwise, you know, in this series is playing, you know, true, true to form. So to me, it basically comes down to if if you prefer Golden State, just go ahead and play the money line. If you pre- prefer Boston, lay the points because it's a better price than playing the Boston money line. The, the points uh, have been basically irrelevant. I agree with that. And that's why when we do our picks and we try to figure out what our SGP is going to be, fellas, I'll be advocating taking the Celtics at three and a half. And normally when we do these SGPs, you say, I ah, don't get cute. Just take them to win. But to House's point, this has been a postseason of margin victories. And why wouldn't we get a margin Celtic victory with the way they're playing defense, which was terrific in game one and has been terrific all postseason in a bounce back spot for them. The interesting thing about the Celtics is the Tatum zigzag games, which continue to be a theme. He definitely was zigging in the positive direction in game number two. Still too little too late for the Celtics. I almost think Celtics, yes, I'll be on that side. I'm taking them laying three and a half. But when we get into the prop market, I'm not going near any overs for Jason Tatum with the way he's played this postseason. 
Coming off a good game? You know what that means, guys. We got a bad game coming up. You know, I look, I want to, um, you know, I want to speak to House's point about picking the winner. When you look at the last eight seasons, outright winners in the NBA Finals are 43-2-2. Two two. You hit 90, almost 96% against the spread if you just pick the winner. So pick the winner and you should be fine. As far as the Celtics, look, the Warriors really haven't been a great road team this year. They're three and four on the road in the postseason. Net rating of minus 6.6. Offensive rating of 110. Defensive rating of 116. When you look at the Celtics, they haven't been that great at home. They're five and four at home, plus 6.7 net rating. So it's like they're still getting the job done. But the biggest thing that you're seeing is that at home, they're still holding teams to 103 points per one of possessions. And look, there's been a lot of talk about the Golden State Warriors in the third quarter throughout this series. They've outscored the Celtics 73 to 38 in the third quarter. I mean, they're outscoring teams. The Celtics are being outscored by 7.6 points per one of possessions in the third quarter, and they have a 16.6 turnover rate. But I don't think that's going to continue here at home. When you look at the Celtics, their third quarter net rating at home is 7.9. And the Warriors, their third quarter net rating on the road is minus 17.2. So, that Warriors third quarter doesn't hold up on the road. I mean, they're really struggling on the road in the third quarter. I mean, when you look at the, the Grizzlies series, they, they've lost three out of the five games in the third quarter to the Grizzlies. That's that's a series in which they didn't have home court. So I do think the Celtics turn this thing around. Raheem, you're you're really talking me into an under here. The more I, I'm, yeah, I'm hearing, I mean, the, the way more, you're talking, Raheem yeah. is all in on the under. I feel that. <laughs> I, I love feel the, that. House. I love all that science. I love him dropping those nuggets because it's really shaping the 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 one sort of fulcrum um, category to me is, is turnovers. And Raheem shared with us that turnover indication earlier here about what happens to the Celtics when they turn the ball over with the frequency like they did in Game Two. And to me, in some respects, that boils down to what you anticipate out of Marcus Smart. Because to me, he is their most reliable ball handler. He's their most reliable person to initiate the offense. And as we forecasted when we got together before game two, we were looking at a, a Marcus Smart um, point total over, and I think we actually sort of played, I think we played it in the four-legger uh, same game parlay, but we said the way that that can go down is him getting in, Marcus Smart getting in foul trouble early. Well, boom, they announced the refs. It's Tony Brothers. It's Zach Zarba. Uh, Marcus Smart is in foul trouble early. They're getting physical with them. And, you know, the Celtics don't have a great option in terms of um, a ball handler behind Smart. And we watched Jason Tatum turn the ball over you know, he he becomes the initiator. He has the highest usage on the team. And that puts them in a tough position if Golden State is permitted to play physical. Now, here's the crystal ball. We don't know who the refs are going to be yet. This, we're taping this <laughs> on a midday Tuesday. And we don't know how, how physical the, the, the play will be. So we can't, you know, forecast that with any kind of specificity. But if I, my lean is that... The refs will clean up some of that physical play, that Draymond's not going to be able to get away with what he got away with at home, and that, you know, the, the, the Celtics uh, are going to vastly improve both in terms of turnovers, and that translates into 
to me, what Raheem just shared in terms of third quarter efficiency, especially because they'll have a real emphasis on trying to kick ass in the third quarter. Um, and, and all of that to me suggests, you know, I, I like the Boston side, but what it really focuses me on is the under on the total. Well, fellas, I think we got two legs for our SGP right out of the gate. I think mm -hmm. we're on the Celtics. I think we're on the under. Let's not get cute. Mm -hmm. Let's not beat around the bush. We have not thrown in a side and a total where all three of us have been on a united front with all six. So to me, it's an absolute no-brainer. Celtics three and a half, Celtic warrior under. Are we in? I, I, I'm in, but I just want to share that if Scott Foster is the ref for, the, for this game three, if he come, shows up on the slate, then I absolutely could see another um, game where Golden State's permitted to be rough. And if that's the case, then, then you know. Then you're backing away from both the side and the total. No, I'm going to stay with the total. I, I think a physical game okay. keeps keeps it under. But I, I don't. I, it, it opens up um, some avenues for Golden State, especially how physical they were with Horford, how physical they were on Smart with the ball. If, if Smart, you know, whatever Boston gets in terms of foul trouble, if that sort of comes to pass. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm prepared to jump along with the family. I want a family play. I like the side and the total based on what, the way we're talking about it right now. Yeah, I really like the Celtics in this game. I just, I just think when you look at the trends for the Celtics, I mean, they've been absolutely dominant after a loss. I mean, we saw in the postseason this year, they're 6-0 outright and against the spread after a loss in the postseason. They're 26-11 and 11 straight up, 24-13 and 13 against the spread coming off a loss. And they're winning by almost 15 points a game. So it's like when you look at some of the things that happened in game two, I think when you look at their isolation play and drives, they were scoring just 0.5 points per possession in isolation. In game one, they were almost at 1.2 points per possession in isolation. I think that changes up. And look, I think there's a lot that the Celtics could do better. I mean, a lot of it has to do with turnovers. And then obviously, I don't think they shoot as poorly in the restricted zone as they have been doing it. I mean, look, when you shoot 34% on twos, I mean, that's rough. And you're just throwing the ball over the place. One thing I want to talk about is Robert Williams. Um, because he appears to be banged up. And we just don't know if how many minutes he's going to play. I think he only played about 14, 15 minutes in game two. Now, obviously, there was some garbage time. But I'm actually looking at going under on some of his props. Because well, I just, he's at five and a half right now, point total. Five and a half for Robert Williams. Yeah, I think he can go under on points. I think he can go under on rebounds because when you look at the minutes in which Robert Williams are on the court, look at that Celtics starting line. Al Horford, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Robert Williams. They're being outscored by 23 points per 100 possessions in this series. When you replace him with Al Horford, it's a lot different. So you got a guy who's banged up and he's out there. He really can't move. And look at Steph Curry. And this, what did he do in that third quarter? He scored 14 points. And a lot of it was in a high pick and roll. So I don't know if you can necessarily have Robert Williams out there. So I'm going to be looking at some of his unders. And I think the Celtics are going to kind of have to go small and put Horford at the five. Well, fellas, from a player prop perspective, I'm in on an under as well, Raheem and House. And it's Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson has not gone off to a good start in this series. The Celtic defense has been absolutely smothering, and they have basically made it clear. We're going to let Steph get his because Steph is going to get his, but we're not going to let Klay Thompson go off. I'm seeing 18 and a half right now. 
You're putting Clay Thompson on the road. I'm all over the under. That is going to be my player prop contribution. 18 and a half points under on Mr. Clay. It hurts my, yeah, it hurts my feelings because I played a zag uh, uh, on game two for Clay. I thought it might be a Clay game. I thought that crowd, and look, he it wasn't for lack of trying. He, he had 19 attempts, and eight of those attempts were from three. He was one for eight from three and four for 19 from the field. And what is kind of crazy to me is it just doesn't look like he has the legs. Now, I mean, it's, it's something we've been watching since his return, and there have been some clay games. We've had a few clay games, but it's not with, with the, the kind of, of, of frequency. So I don't know what to do about clay. I, I'm leaning uh, toward, in your direction, JJ. That 18 and a half, like, you know, what, what's the scenario? Now, if, if a couple more of those threes go in, is that what we're saying? That's, that's, the, that's the way the that we lose right it? Yeah. Yeah. And I'll take my chances with that on the road against a really good Celtic defense. That has there, done a good there, job on them. There is a there is a 19 and a half available. So you do want to make sure you grab the best of the number. Look, I've said it all the time. Clay, Clay Thompson right now, he's he's looking like Larry Holmes flabby and sick. You could file the paperwork and put him on Larry Holmes status because <laughs> he's not, he's clearly not the same guy. And I think one of the things that you're seeing is that with the return of Gary Payton, the second. He's going to be getting less minutes if he can't deliver because Gary Payton, the second, he actually played some solid defense in that game, in game two. So I, I think Kerr is at the point where he's going to trust his guys, which is why Iguodala got minutes in game one. And he's going to continue to trust Clay. But at some point, this is the NBA Finals. you got to put guys out there who can do things. So a Larry Holmes status, Clay Thompson, he, he might not cut it. <laughs> well, and Raheem, you liked uh, Jordan Poole in, in game one as an over at 15 and a half points based on kind of the script that we saw in game two, which is, you know, he, he comes in, he's got a little bit of that microwave to him, a little bit of that old school Vinny Johnson, you know, he, he heats up. He the, the team really does rally when he gets going. And, you know, there there is sort of a, a momentum aspect, it feels like, to, to Poole. But I think both Poole and Gary Payton Jr., potential threats to Clay time. Like, how long can Steve Kerr remain loyal to Clay? That's the question, right? If you have, you can replace some of the scoring with Poole, even though he has known defensive liabilities, and you can shore up the defensive side with Payton. Like, it feels like you could play Payton and Poole together more comfortably, perhaps, than Clay and Payton together. Okay, boys. So let's button this SGP up. I'm in on Clay under. Raheem, it seems like you want to give something Robert Williams related. House, your grand contribution here? I mean, I've been Are on. Are we the, going back to the Wiggins? You, know, you know I am. I'm you in. Know me. I'm in. I, listen, <laughs> I was going to suggest it. It was good to us in game one. It was good to us in game two. I'm not talking you out of it, especially with Clay being down and Poole not giving you good minutes so far in this series. Andrew Wiggins has had a lot of opportunities. He keeps getting the minutes. He keeps getting the shot attempts. And that, to me, is the key. As long as those remain, he's getting around 32 minutes a game, and he's getting, you know, the number of shot attempts that are in line with, with hitting that over. The only thing that's sliding is the price. The, at the, before game one, it was near even money. Now it's all the way up to, like, minus 125 or well, something. Well, it's like with the Derek White stuff. You know, I was just looking at his player props. We were yeah. all over that in game one. It was, like, eight and a half. Well, the market has kind of corrected itself with mm -hmm. the way he's played in the first two games because now 
you got to pay for a Derek White over. It's like yeah. 12, for goodness <laughs> sakes. My goodness. I don't hate Honestly, that, by the way. I'm going to be honest either. with you. I don't know if they've adjusted Derek White enough. When you look at Derek White in this series, he has a 23% usage rate, which is <laughs> like, I think that's like third or fourth on the team at this point. So he's getting his looks. Well, remember that over one and a half threes that we played in game one and I got it at like plus 178? Yeah. That same player prop on FanDuel. Now, if you want to play the over for Derek White threes, you're paying for it. Minus 150, boys. Woo! I'd rather Ooh. just play his points because Raheem, Raheem's point is absolutely right uh, in terms of that usage rate. We know it with our own eyes. Now, some of that for sure is a reflection of Marcus Smart being in foul trouble um, mm-hmm. in, in game two, you know, maybe some extra time. But both the team and White himself have a confidence. And let's not forget the baby bump, right? He has, he just had his kid. We're doing this mm-hmm. now. For FBV had his kid and magically turned around his season with Toronto when Toronto won their chip. And here we are back with another young fellow with a brand new baby who's got his confidence. He's got his swag. Let's do over on D white points. What about just 12 points? He's going to get that, especially yeah, at home. I, I think we, even when you look deeper than that, the Celtics are really playing eight, nine guys. Like they're not playing. They, this is not a deep roster. And Grant Williams really hasn't played well in this series. So as far as bench scoring, you basically have Derek White and Peyton Pritchard. So somebody has to score for them. So it's like, why not Derek White? Um, I don't know if you if we actually want to add this to the same same game parlay, but I, I feel like I would I can't not mention this. When you look at the playoffs this season for the Boston Celtics, Jason Tatum, when he has over five assists, the Celtics are 12 and two. When he has under four assists, well, four assists or under, the Celtics are one and five. So there is some correlation between a Celtics win and Tatum's assist total. Now, it's at five and a half. I really don't like that hook. But I just want to give you guys some of that information. So if you're you're listening and, you know, m- maybe you could parlay those or something like that. I don't know if we're going to add it to our same game parlay. But I do think it's important to note that, you know, when Tatum is moving the ball and they're not turning it over as much, I mean, the Celtics, they pretty much win. So I'm looking at this right now, boys. Now, I currently have five legs in. We can delete one. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't think we're going to keep all five of these in. Let's I have not Celtics. Five. That's too many. Celtics yeah. under. Wiggins, two-plus made threes. Clay under 18 and a half. And if we went with Derek White over 11 and a half, that would play, oh, that would pay. It should play and pay. Plus 2,123. <laughs> so if you Ooh. really want to get nuts if you're listening right now and you're feeling all of that action, that would be one hell of a payout. But we're going we're gonna to tighten this shit up a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Do yeah. we want to keep both the Celtics and the under? I feel stronger about the under, to be honest with you. See, I feel stronger about the Celtics. Raheem, you want to break the tie? <laughs> I actually feel stronger about the Celtics as well. But, Great. you know, the pot, the pot father actually hit me right before this podcast. He was like, yeah, he's so scared of the Celtics tomorrow. So, <laughs> but I just think it's the spot for the Celtics. That is such a that is such nonsense from him, by the way. Don't buy into that. <laughs> that, is, that is the reverse jinx if I've ever heard one, but okay. Uh... Um, even though I, I'm rooting for the Celtics in this series. So that's a story for a different day. All right. I think we just keep the two of them then at that point. Okay. 
I mean, I, we can't come to common ground. So just well, let them. me ask. Let me ask. Raheem, do you have any problem with the total going under on the total? Is there is there a scenario, a situation in, in, that, that jumps out at the model where that's at risk? I mean, I have it at, at, at 211. So it's right around where the market is. And then when you look at the market right now, you have almost 55% of the public on the over. But you got 70% of the money on the under. Sharpie so, sharp, sharpie like sharp. sharp. Yeah. So it does feel like an under game. I mean, look, both teams in this series are shooting 40% from three. How long is that going to continue? I, I, I don't disagree. So that, that sounds to me like we're comfortable enough leaving Celts and, and the total in, in and place. And that means we need one player prop each. Bottom line, we need one each. That's it. We're going nuts. We're going big with this this parlay on, on Wednesday night. But then, we're going that, big. That, then we are going to end up with five legs. Didn't we just say we're not well, going to do five legs? Too bad. We're you, doing you, it. You, you're, you're trying to end up with six right now. No, 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 no. We're doing five. Five okay. is the number. Okay, cool. Is, that's insane. I just want to be on record that, that is Well, insane. that's fine. Listen, if you want to dabble and you want to throw a couple of these here, a couple of these there, I'm getting nuts today. Well, because here's the problem. If we do a four-legger, somebody's player prop is going to be left out. And you know what's going to end up happening there. We're going to be like debating Shark Tank and, hey, whose player prop should be on the outside looking in. It's going to cause too many problems. You, you know what it boils down family to. Family problems? That would be a family trouble? We want to compromise oh, as a man. family. So we compromise cool, by women. getting everybody included. That's my thought. That's cool. I'll just say this. I'm fine with leaving out the Wiggins uh, three-point total. I'm, fi- I'm fine with, with that. There has You been know various- it's so going to hit if we take <laughs> it out, though. I'm not going to lie to you. I, 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 I like the Wiggins props. I, I think at some point they have to start defending Steph Curry a little bit differently. And I think Wiggins is the beneficiary. I think you yeah. can play his point. I think you can play his points total over. I think you can play his three. Like, I like the threes better. I like the two plus yeah. made threes better than the yeah. point total myself. He gets yeah, them. They're, they're sitting there. He gets them in the first half. He gets the attempts up in the first half, no problem. Yeah, I, I like the Wiggins one. Okay. All right. And I'm it. adamant about my clay under. I'm not fighting you on that. I'm not going to fight you on that. Now, Raheem, it's your turn. Right now, I have this Derek White over, but I'm going to delete that because this is your time to shine, bro. I'm not taking any of your shine. This is all you, bro. I'm going to be honest with you. I like I like Robert Williams under five and a half rebounds. Robert Williams, let's throw it in right now. Rebounds. Here we go. It, it, it's just, I mean, he's so banged up. I just think, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to play a full allotment of minutes. And then, All right, so we got it. We got it under. Now, this is going to change our payout a little bit. Here. But, but hold, well, under, do, you, do you guys like the Robert Williams under, or do you like the, the Derek White over? I like them both. I do too. I'm not fighting you on either. Like I said, this is this is your moment now, buddy. This is all you. This I do is think your prop. I do not want to influence. This is your decision. If we're doing eye test, what we saw out of Williams and him going down, smart crashed into his legs. You know, I, I don't know how much whether he's had enough time on the knee machine between Sunday night and 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 Wednesday night, but um, just in terms of style of play, the point you made, Raheem really does counsel in favor. If he can't be 100% mobile, then he he's compromised, and it compromises what they, they're able to do defensively. So I, I think playing across the board, Robert Williams, unders, points, rebounds, is make you know whatever the totals are, whatever combinations they come up with, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I, so that's fellas, what with that. Okay. So Celtics minus three and a half, the under 212 and a half, Wiggins two plus made threes, 
Clay Thompson under 18 and a half points. I cannot get it to 19. Sorry, Raheem. I got to go with what FanDuel gives me. And Robert Williams under five and a half. Plus 1983. Five <laughs> years before I was born. I like it, House. I like it. I feel like it should be an 80s on eight playlist. 1983 was a good year. It was a what good was year number, for me. What was the number one song in 1983? Oh, man. Was uh, it Beat It? Was it Michael Jackson Beat It? I'm going to tell you right now. It's oh, from that man. era. I'm going to be... I'm a, I'm going to be playing it before game one of the finals. <laughs> I sure no. hope it. The longest running number one single of 1983 was not beat it. It was every breath, every you, breath take you take. Okay. Okay. Every move you make. I love it. Thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love oh, yeah. it. Boys, let's catch this five-legger. Let's get nuts. And hopefully I'm talking about on our next podcast, the Celtics with a 2-1 series advantage and an insane five-teamer that cashes here in the NBA Finals. Right? JJ, you know, we have to do our tradition, though. Mm-hmm. Who, who's going to fuck this up? Who Fs it up? Mm. I already know the answer. It's the total. It's going to be 110 to 103, and we're going to lose the goddamn total. But we could possibly hedge our parlay if all of the other legs are cooperating, maybe in the fourth quarter. A lot. We did that. Remember, remember, House, before Raheem signed on, we were able to do that with Celtics and Bucks. You and I Mm -hmm. were going back and forth. We're like, this is a this is a good hedge opportunity. Didn't Mm -hmm. need it because our our, our parlay ended up cashing. Mm -hmm. But at least with the total, we do have that flexibility, perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Well, we could be on the Twitters. We can have a conversation about it on the Twitters for all the. See, I'm going to say the Robert Williams one, Raheem, just because you were debating between two. And yeah. I'm just hoping you choose wisely over choosing poorly, you know? Yeah. I, the only concern is that he plays a full allotment of minutes. But I'm just kind of betting that he does it just because they've really struggled to defend Steph Curry with him on the floor. And then he's been banged up. So we'll see. Usually I'm expecting my leg at a parlay to F everything up today. I don't know why. I'm, I'm weirdly JJ's, supremely JJ's, confident. Yeah, Jay, it's going to be one of ours. That's fine. Let's roll. Let's roll, baby. <laughs> We mm-hmm. shall see. All right, House. All right, Raheem. We will chat for Game 40 NBA Finals. Hope everybody out there cashes a boatload of tickets, including this five-team parlay. Great job by Stefan. Ringer Gambling, East Coast Bias. Boys are out. Be good, everybody. Mm-hmm.